You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, folks, joining me on Getting Swamped, the host of the Locked On Gators podcast on YouTube and in other audio platforms is none other than Brandon Olson. And Brandon, whether you're wearing white socks or blue socks this season, I know if you're a Florida Gator fan, you've got to be jonesing for some football, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, we're all excited. I'm counting down the days at this point. I was looking at my phone before and I was like, all right, four weeks from today four weeks from right now we're going and that was i i'm so excited for the game it's just it's an energy that hasn't been around florida football in a while like like we were excited with dan mullen but this is just so new and so different and it's just a brand new feel and i don't remember the last time that i've had this much confidence in a coaching staff yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because uh, when you, the initial when, when Urban Meyer left, you had Will Muschamp come in here and you already knew Florida was already on the map by then when Urban Meyer left. So you, you get Will Muschamp in there and you don't know whether he's going to be successful or not, but you still get behind the guy because of the success the programs had. And he had good recruiting classes. You know, Will Muschamp eventually gets fired and then Jim McElwain comes in. And that was like uh, to me, that was a hire. I was just like, I'm not sure about. So it wasn't like the energy was there, but it wasn't like the energy you got when, uh, you know, maybe I guess maybe even when Dan Mullen got here from 2007 to 2018, there was a big energy in the, in the, in the stadium and you saw the offense get better. So you were, you were a little bit confident there, but you didn't have somebody that was this concentrated and detailed about football and uh, very straightforward, uh, didn't let his emotions get involved and, and was just a business like mentality with Billy Napier. And I think that's what brings that new energy here to the university of Florida is the fact that you have a guy that's all about business, all about taking care of recruiting, all about taking care of winning. Yeah. I mean, even with, yeah, Will Muschamp, you kind of got like a businessy vibe, but it wasn't one where you were super confident in his, in his ability to actually fill out this roster and, and develop it the way it is. But it's also just it's one of those different things because Billy Napier showed up. You, like you said, he, he's all football. He's all business. Like like he's here to do it. He's not here to, you know, put on a Darth Vader helmet at any point. He's, he's not here to do that. But he just shows up and he's all business. He's serious. And something about the way this coaching staff as a unit present themselves, you, you get a kind of confidence in like, OK, these guys can actually do it. Will Muschamp. You know, it was one of those things where of all the other coaches, when they got hired, I was probably highest on Will Muschamp. So I was like, you know what? I, I I love defense. I love what he's shown. He seems like a serious guy who he wants to come in and win. But he just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. There was a point where he was making offensive coordinator hires and the way he was doing recruiting. It's like, well, th there's some things that aren't working out necessarily towards a championship team. And of course, you know, the University of Florida, that's the goal, to be a championship team, to win the championship. Uh, so Muschamp, you didn't really get that. McIlwain was just questionable from the start. I, I genuinely just have no idea what was going on with that one. Uh, and then Dan Mullen was like, okay, like we're, we're kind of going back to the well here. He was here for the championships. He, he was here for success, we'll say. Um, and then it, it just flew off the rails, um, whether he was too focused on just beating Bama, which didn't happen, whether he was too focused on ha having a ton of fun and, and or too focused on getting to the NFL, whatever it was, it didn't work out. 
but with Billy Napier, it's just, you know, all business and, and he's here to win. And, and you can see that. And, you know, he said, like, he's had job opportunities pop up in the past, um, but they weren't the ideal situation. But Florida, he views as the ideal situation. It's like, he's not here as I'm trying to take a step up. He's like, I'm here to stay and I'm here to win. And I think that brings a certain level of confidence that I haven't had in the coaching staff in a long time. Yeah, I totally agree, especially with the fact that Billy Napier, he he laid out what he wanted when he got to the University of Florida. He wasn't taking anything less or, or anything. He might take more, but he wasn't taking anything less when he came to the University of Florida. So the guy was mainly, he said, I'm not leaving Louisiana Lafayette, this, this job that I've completely made this team successful until I get this, this, and this. University of Florida gives that to him. Billy Napier's our new head coach now, and there's just a new energy, a new vibe around the program. And, you know, Billy Napier and staff, they talked to the media this past week, which started out with Gervon Dexter talking about the new coach, new mindset, leadership. And uh, what really stuck out to me besides talking about his kid, which I thought was uh, fantastic in uh, paid state material there, uh, he did talk about the changes. But mainly what I took away from Dexter is the fact he talked about playing on the end of the defensive line, but, you know, talks about being a team player, says he'll play any position on the field. Uh, what are your thoughts, man, of Gervon Dexter playing there at the end of the defensive line? Uh, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, I know us as Florida folk, we're, we're used to having four down linemen a lot. And it's like, well, when you play end, you're playing outside the tackle. But in this defense, it, it, it's still three down linemen with a stand-up edge rusher on the outside where I feel like his role itself isn't going to change a ton. Like, yes, he's listed as a, he's going to be listed as a defensive end, but he's still going to be playing on that inside shoulder of the tackle, that four eye spot. So it's like, yes, he's playing. And then his responsibilities might change a little bit, but I feel like making that move isn't going to be a massive change. You know, he's, I liken it to when, when you play Madden and you're like, okay, like, who are my who are my ends in a three four? It's like you, you got big ends. Like that's yeah. what we're looking for with your. And like Sean Spencer even said, he's like, look, the things that Dexter did last season as a defensive tackle, as a three tech, whatever you want to call it, we want him to do the same things. He's just in a slightly different position. So I have the full confidence that Dexter can make that change. And you know, Sean Spencer was like the traits that he has translate to different spots in the defensive line. So it's interesting because now we're going to see, you know, Dexter going in between a guard and the tackle and maybe on the outside shoulder of him is Brenton Cox Jr. And it's like, well, and good luck if you're that whatever side of the offensive line they're going to be lined up on, because that is a tall task to, to try to handle. Um, so I'm excited for it. I, I genuinely think it's nothing but positives there. Yeah, and uh, looking at Twitter, uh, they do that whole catapult system thing there, and it looked like – I think Gervon Dexter had like a 19-mile-per-hour uh, run or almost like 20 miles per hour. So, I mean, if you want to put him on the edge a little bit, it might be worth it. But yeah, as I said, I, th I think he's going to slide more interior, be a more interior guy, and probably be needed if if he needs to be on that side. But as he said, he, he'll do anything. So, you know, it's good to see somebody that can be universal, that uh, was a former – five-star out there at high school and this is his draft year too so you know he, he's going to be wanting to play lights out he was he's going to want that first round draft pick there so 
I don't blame him there, but you know, I don't, I don't want to concentrate too much on one player because this presser was like two hours long. It was jam-packed <laughs> with players, coaches, and uh, the next guy up was Osiris Torrance. And he talks about the schedule differences from the G5 to the Power 5. But, you know, he said he's ready for the challenge. You hear other players who I've interviewed talked about how good Torrance actually is and, uh, you know, having over 2,000 snaps. I think it was like 2,600 snaps, not giving up a sack. It's still impressive, man. I don't care what league you're playing in. To not give up a sack in any league is is pretty hard to do. Uh, but he talks about the recognition he's getting before the season, says he has a lot more to prove to himself to show that he deserves it. You know, pretty good attitude to have before the season, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Osiris Torrance is someone where even Rob Sales, like football comes easy to him. So it's like Osiris Torrance just, he seems like he's just focused on coming in, having fun. He's he's still taking that like business approach that the rest of the Louisiana got, the rest of the Louisiana coaches are taking. And, and he's obviously coming over from Louisiana, but it seems like he's like one of the guys where he doesn't care about the accolades necessarily getting to his head or he's like, I, I've, I'm getting this recognition, but I still got work to do and I'm still going to try to be great. And he's someone also where I feel like universally it seems people are just accepting that he's a great football player where there's a lot of guys who go, Oh, he's coming from the Sun Belt to the SEC. What is that going to be? But it seems like even national media is like Osiris Torrance, one of the best guards in the country, no matter who you're looking at, no matter what it is. Like we have no uh, PFF even put in their, uh, their preview. They're like, we have no, necessary like issues or worries about Osiris Torrance stepping up from the Sun Belt to the SEC because when he played against power five schools last year he played Texas to start the year and he played well so it's one of those things where we don't have concerns because we saw him play against power five teams and he played well in those games so so what is the major concern here there isn't one Right, yeah, and I love how you mentioned PFF because I go a lot by that site. I love Pro Football Focus. They do a fantastic job of breaking down what the players are doing, grading them the right way with, you know, David Pierce being the number one running back last year, getting only seven carries a game, which was ridiculously criminal. But at the same time, you look at Osiris Torrance, the way that they graded him. He's one of the top offensive linemen out there in the nation. So, yeah, man, uh, I, I like the attitude of the, you know, uh, the the power five now, and I'm not going to get it too in over my head with all these accolades. So it's a really good attitude to have. It just goes to show you the kind of, uh, you know, nature of all the, the players and kind of like Billy Napier's installed in all of their mindsets and how they're just so disciplined and, you know, they're, they're set forward on their goals and they don't think about anything outside of the box. So that was really cool to hear from Osiris Torrance there in that presser and uh, the next guy that was up mr mustache himself jeremy crawshaw was next he didn't really have much to say but did reiterate the fact that there's been an insane buy-in from the players but one thing he said was the fact that he sent napier his film and if napier wants to run a trick play he'll take off with it uh he talks about mark hockey uh who we'll discuss next here but I would be remiss right now if I didn't take the Nick Del Torre approach and talk about punters because we all know Brandon punters are people too right they, they certainly are and I mean look Jeremy Crosshaw he was a he was a fun interview I feel I feel bad for him because some of the questions he was asked I was like man people just don't know how to interview specialists but yeah. he was there he was He's like, look, like I got rid of the mullet. It's called maturing. Now I have the mustache because I can actually grow facial hair. He's like, it's going to be pristine. We're doing this. And yeah, like you mentioned with Napier, he's like, Napier's seen the film. He's like, if they want to run a trick play, just let me know and I'll go do it. He's like, I just kick the ball most of the time though. Um, but I mean, he, he was a fun interview. He's someone who's clearly just having fun with 
the whole situation and being put in front of people. He also talked about, you know, Trace Mack. He's like, Trace Mack's done a good job of adjusting to college life and following up with uh, Adam Mielik. But, I mean, Jeremy Koshchuk, he was a fun interview, and it's just one of those things where you love when, sorry, not special teamers, game changers uh, get that spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. If you saw anything in the spring game about the uh, the, the field goal kicking there, we're, we're blessed to have Trace back here on campus after what we saw there. <laughs> In the spring game, there wasn't, I think there was maybe one field goal that was pretty decent that was made, but the rest of them didn't really look too well. And you can't blame that on the, you can't really blame that on the punter though. It's, it's more of the field goal kickers there, but, uh, you know, next up, Mark Hockey was next. We just talked about him a little bit. Crawshaw had a lot of good things to say, but he had a great quote that said, you can't train gladiators pillow fighting, which is actually a true saying. <laughs> I love that. I, I like some of the the Mark Hockey quotes every time he gets into a presser because he's, it's like uh, you could put him in front of a microphone and that guy could talk for 30 minutes straight and everything that he says, you would just take it in. So <laughs> I love it when Mark Hockey takes over a press conference, but he also discussed what we were just talking about here, the catapult system that these players use and Brandon I'm not sure if you've talked to any of the players about this system but it, it does everything from like measuring your sleep schedule to your speed uh what do you think so far about Mark Hockey this catapult system and every player having a designated guy for their position in the weight training room along with Mark Hockey I mean I love it first Mark Hockey like Jeremy Crawshaw talked about him he was just like he always has like these great one-liners and you just mentioned the biggest takeaway was can't train gladiators pillow fighting yeah. Um, and, and Mark hockey just went through everything. He just brings an energy where, like you said, like he's someone where when he talks, you just want to like, listen and take it in. And it's like Ray Lewis. We're like, you couldn't even be making sense, but you're speaking and the energy you bring, I want to hear what you're speaking. And then I want to go run through 40 brick walls for you. Um, but I mean, it, it's a great approach that they're all taking where, you know, like you mentioned, each position has, has a guy in the locker room that's specifically geared towards their position or in the weight room that's specifically geared towards their position to help them get ready. And uh, Mark Hockey also talked about how there's like the the ring on the finger that helps track your not just sleep schedule, but also how deep of a sleep you're getting and, and how much sleep you're getting where uh, Mark Hockey even talked about how players are like, hey, how can I get bigger? How can I get better? How can I do this? And he's like, are you, are you getting eight hours of sleep? Cause you don't need supplements. Just take eight out, just get eight hours of sleep. And that's the biggest supplement you can get. Um, and, and he went through a lot where he was just like, I, I'm so happy he's here. Um, and I know that the last strength conditioning staff had a great relationship with the players, but look, it, it didn't work out as well. We didn't see as much progress even then as we're seeing now, like, like Dexter hitting 19 miles per hour is ridiculous. Princely human Mialine hitting, uh, I think Princely hit 20 miles per hour while also squatting. It was 700 pounds Woo. a couple weeks ago. So it, it's just insane. The size, speed, the changes that are being made. And so many of these guys also just look better. Like uh, Ventrell Miller, like he looks better. Brenton Cox Jr., they said he completely changed his body to kind of lean up and, and lean down and trim down because he was too muscle bound last year. Where now he's now we're expecting to see Brenton Cox Jr. with more bend, more wiggle, more, more everything. And it's just this staff has done a fantastic job early on. And it's only been they got here, what, eight months ago? 
And then yeah. they're just going to put in much more work to develop this team and, and grow this team where I'm not even talking about the players like Brandon Cox Jr., like Javon Dexter. I'm, I'm talking about the young guys, like like the Desmond Watson. Like, what is he going to look like in two or three years? And, and players like that where they're going to have years to develop under this coaching staff and under this strength and conditioning staff where it, it's just something to look forward to and the upside is ridiculous. Yeah, I absolutely love that new catapult system. I've talked to about three or four players. They they, they rave about that system. And, I, and I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man, if I had this catapult system, especially if it was judging by my sleep schedules, I probably would never want to look at it because it would tell me I'm just doing everything wrong. So, you know, the older you get, the less sleep you get as well. And I'm pretty sure, you know, if you put a catapult system on Billy Napier and some of these staffs, they would probably say three to four hours of sleep every day because they're always working, it seems like so. Yeah, man, I, I love the new system they got in there. The players are starting to respond to it. You, you're starting to see results again, kind of like when Nick Savage kind of first got in here. But, you know, it, it, it's good to see that you have something to go by data points. You have a data point like, hey, I did this. Now let me see if I can get better and do this. And, and the players all, also talk about having, like, the competitions, like who can have the fastest time on a certain position or something like that. So it's really driving the players to not only just make themselves better, but compete against each other to try to get the the highest times and all of that. So it's a really cool system they got in there. And, uh, you know, Rob Sale, he he comes up next right after Mark Hockey, and uh, he praises Osiris Torts here. But it first to the fact that they want to control the tempo and, and that they, you know, won some games at Louisiana that they shouldn't have won by slowing it down and uh, playing complimentary football in all three of the phases. Now, I, I listened to interviews from Anthony Richardson and a few other guys, and they talk about tempo a lot. And it seems like they want to pump up the tempo, but we'll slow down the tempo if need be. What's your thoughts on that? I like it because it's one of those things where, look, Florida, the roster's been a little up and down in certain areas. There are still weaknesses on this team, and there are still question marks. And every time you talk about a team where it's like, well, how are they going to win this game? It's slow the clock down. Don't let the other team get going. Don't let the other team get started. And Rob Sale putting emphasis on that and just this entire coaching staff putting emphasis on that. It's big. And the, the, they said, yeah, we won some games that we shouldn't have won be, at Louisiana because we slowed the tempo down. The players seem like they want to pick it up. I get the feel that we'll see both. I, I feel like at certain points, you know, in, in big games, maybe we'll see them slow it down and kind of try to drain the clock. And then, other games, maybe they pick up the pace and try to kind of put the foot on the throat there uh, and try to walk away with that. But I, I like the approach of, you know, like we know that there are some games that we shouldn't win this year, but we're going to slow the tempo down. And we're going to try to win it that way by just not letting the other team get going ever. Yeah, especially a, a team that's coming into the first game who's averaging over 30 points per game, and they love to up the tempo. They love to score points. And we're talking about Utah here. You, you know, if you can nickel and dime some first downs and, and get that defense tired and eventually get down to the end zone and score, you, you keep the other team from scoring, obviously, but you wear down their defense. So, you know, it's really cool that they're, you know, taking the approach to adjust in-game with how the game's going. Now, I'm pretty sure they're going to be some up-tempo with, with Anthony Richardson. I know he talked about it. Um, but as I said, you know, it was Rob Sale. He says, you know, we're going to slow it down, too, depending on how the game is going and all that. So it's it's really nice to hear, you know, it's it's talking season right now. So we're hearing a lot of good things. we got to see it happen first off. But it's really cool to see that they're taking the approach to adjust in-game to what's going on. So... 
after Rob's sale, Sean Spencer was next, and he talks about Brenton Cox slimming down a bit, which we just talked about here. Uh, he talks about Desmond Watson being very persistent and getting himself in shape. I mean, he, Desmond Watson still has a ways to go, but he just got to campus. But it's good that he's starting to take that approach. Then he talks about some of them being in the office so long that he had to kick them out, which I thought was pretty funny. That That's a good thing to hear. Talks about the intensity and the standard Coach Napier is instilled in the program. Real quick, man, what are your thoughts just in general on Sean Spencer? I love him. He's just so intense, but but like he's intense, but also deliberate in everything he says. Like there's another meaning behind it. Like uh, Dexter, it was, it was something that he talked about. And he was just like, I had to ask him for my office back. Like, I had to kick him out. He's, he's in there all the yeah. time. And, and it, it's great. He talked about, you know, Jalen Lee and Prince Liam and Neolene. He's like, these guys had good springs, but guess what? And they took big steps in spring. But now it's summer. We want them to take another step up and and kind of improve there. And uh, Jalen Lee and Tyreek Sapp, they're they're technicians at their craft. He went into so many players on this defensive line with with such great detail that it's like okay, like, like he's giving all these guys attention. And I know we call him Coach Chaos, and we talk about what he can bring up, but he is someone that is clearly giving the attention to the defensive line that they need and that they need to kind of grow and develop and become better. And it's also interesting how, when he spoke about Desmond Watson and yes, he talked about, you know, Desmond Watson is working at it to get into playing shape, but he was also like Desmond Watson's a big dude. And most guys that big you think of as these two gap guys, you go, okay, just eat up space in the middle. But he's like, that's not what we want from him. He's like, he's going to be asked to stop the middle, but he's also going to be asked to do everything that Dexter's being asked to do. And it's like, that's a that's a big dude. They ask him to do a lot yeah. of things. So interesting where he's he's putting these high expectations on players. Like I just mentioned, you know, Princely and Jalen Lee. He's like, they took big steps, but now they need to take another. Desmond Watson, we don't want him to be Snacks Harrison or TJ Slayton. He's like, we want them to be able to do multiple things, rush the passer, push the pocket, even if you can't get there and also stop the run where he's putting these high expectations on these players, but he's also clearly putting in the work to help these players reach those levels. And it, it's something to be excited for. And it, it's just a breath of fresh air on this defense. Yeah. I, and I, I kind of like the fact that he, you know, Sean Spencer, and, and this goes for some of the other coaches too, probably all of them, but he didn't give you a lot of coach speak. He, he gave you, like you said, distinct details of every player and what he wants to see from them and, and, and all of that. So it, it was, it's really refreshing to hear that you have a coaching staff that actually does concentrate on the details, concentrates on what the weaknesses are, the strengths of the, the whole football team. And I'm pretty sure we could have went down a list of, players on the defense there and Sean Spencer probably could have told us what their strengths their weaknesses are what they had to work on etc so as I said man it's cool to not get coach speak like a Dan Mullen oh yeah they're doing great instead of just saying okay well here here's the weaknesses here's the strengths so really awesome to see that a, a, a coaching staff actually cares about their players and wants to see them get better and somebody that's really, really in-depth and detail about everything was up next. Patrick Tony, and I love this guy here. He's one of my favorite coaches on this team. He was up next. He raves about Devin Moore. Right now, I'm hearing he's taking first-team reps, so that's actually pretty cool. You're, you're, you're seeing the coaching staff not buy into, uh, you know, seniority, because that was a big thing with the, with the coaching staff last year was the seniority of all the players. And now he's taking some first-team reps. He also talks about taking the football away, inferring that turnovers will be a main concern. 
with this type of defense. And in Florida, they were dead last in a lot of categories defensively, and one of them was turnover uh, margin along with penalties. Uh, look this up. They were 119th in penalties per game in 2021 and 118th in turnover margins. So that's a, it's great to hear that they're going to be concentrating on that more. And uh, Tony says turnovers will be the emphasis. Penalties also something you like to hear, especially when the players talk about the defensive schemes being a lot more simpler, wouldn't you think? Yeah, um, I, I tell you, Patrick Tony is easily the coach that I like the most on this staff. I, I like them all, but Patrick Tony is like, just I'm above and beyond with him. And I'm I, like the expectation of him is incredible. You know, talking about taking the turnover and or creating more turnovers. And he puts so much emphasis on things where someone asked him about third down defense and they were like, yeah, no, are we going to give up any more third and 15s. Um, and <laughs> he was just like, Look, third down is different now because you don't have to just worry about third down. You know, you have to worry about fourth down because a lot of teams go for it now. The numbers say to go for it. So you have to also consider, is this an area in which they will go for it on fourth down? And you need to play for that. It's not just third and 15, just, just guard the sticks. If you give them fourth and two, fourth and three, they might be going for it. So you have to worry more about actually stopping them and actually defending everything. And it's just details like that, that we did, we, you know, for a fact, we didn't get with the last coaching staff. And it's just, it's brand new. And there's so much to be excited for, specifically on the defensive side of the ball with me. I, I'm very open. I'm a defensive guy. So the defensive staff and the roster just for me is something to be very excited for. And I can't wait to see what they do and what they put on the field September 3rd. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to be pretty key in beating Utah if, if when they come into Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. And I've talked to a couple of, of podcasts that I've been on. And I said, look, Utah scores a lot of points. Florida probably could score points on Utah, too, depending on how their defense plays. I know Utah gave up like 20, almost close to 30 points per game, I believe, last year. I have to look that stat up again. But I, I said if, if Florida can get the ball down the field, and as we were talking about, maybe wear down their defense a little bit, maybe nickel and dime some first downs until you get to the touchdown line. I think what will be key is defense. How well does this defense play? Can they cause turnovers? Can they keep Utah under 20, 25 points? I think that's going to be really key when when Utah gets here. So it's really good, like I said, to hear what Patrick Tony had to say about turnovers and about penalties because we were just it was just god awful last year and the year before. The defense gave up over thirty points per game in twenty twenty. So. Yeah, we're jonesing to see that old Florida Gator defense that we used to see over the past decades because, I mean, Florida, basically, they've been known for elite defenses. So good to see that somebody finally, like Patrick Tony is in there. And I, and I heard somebody say that. I think Tony looked up how many times teams go for it on fourth down, what the percentages are, which I think is crazy to even, like, look up. But, you know, that just goes to show you how in-depth and detailed Patrick Tony is and, and how he studies football and it, as I said, a good defensive coordinator to have. And speaking of the big staff that Billy Dapier hired, the man in charge himself, Billy Dapier, opens up about the student section selling out for the game, which that's pretty cool to hear, man. So that means the students are involved. They may get there late because they're, you know, maybe on a bender out there to tailgate or something like that, but they'll eventually make it in there. But he talks about the student section selling out for the game, talks about making a ton of progress, team having more chemistry overall. But there was also a presser yesterday that had much more info than the one that was here this past week. But Napier, first, he emphasizes team discipline, which has been talked about by numerous players and coaches. So that's something you love to hear there consistently through the program. 
But he does inquire about Naquan Wright. He's you know scheduled to return, which is great news for this running back stable here, especially after kind of losing Bowman there to the transfer portal. He also talks about Christopher Thomas having some issues getting to campus, but squared him away, so he's good to go. So good news for the defensive line, and also Jaden Hill, he's still unable to compete based on the timing of his rehab. Uh, Napier also added that there will be weekly competitions at the wide receiver spot and many other spots. So first off, man, what are your thoughts on the return of Naquan? I mean, this is a guy that flashed last year, limited reps, and uh, he, he showed his ability in the backfield, especially at the second level, to avoid tackles and being all around back. Yeah, I mean, Naquan is someone who I, th- I feel like he's being slept on a little bit. Uh, he's some, I think it, it was something absurd. Like, I think 70% of his yards came after contact. Like, he's yeah. someone who, yeah, he, he's creating. Uh, here it is 77.3% of his yards in 2021 came after contact. He had 322 total yards, 249 came after contact. And so it's like, we think of him as just like this scat back type. Like I even had someone in my comments the other day. It's like, Oh, just use him as a scat back. It's like, he can do so much more. I, I think he's my favorite back in this running back room. So I'm incredibly excited for, you know, he can run, he can catch. He's one of the better pass protectors without the best pass protector in this second, in this uh, running back room. And, you know, that's something big for me. Uh, Damian Pierce is one of the reasons I love them so much. The best pass protecting back in college football last year, uh, in my opinion, at least. So Naquan Wright coming back and being able to get back to full speed before that Utah game, for me, it's just, it, it can't be understated. It's just so big that he's here and, and that he's ready to go. Like, I, I'm excited for Naquan. Yeah, I just looked it up too, uh, per PFF, 418 yards after contact out of 560 yards rushing. So that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of yards total from 560 to 418 with yards after contact. So I think really, I'm glad we started on Naquan right a little bit. I think he kind of gets a little bit overshadowed just because of the running back room and him getting hurt last year. Uh, I was really, really impressed what he did in the Alabama game uh, week three last year. And you see where he could, he's just an all-around back. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. He's really good at making people miss, especially at the second level. And he's he's got some strength too, man. It takes a little bit to, to, to knock him down. So it's really good to have somebody refreshing that's experienced in this offense, or well, I guess a new offense, but he's experienced in the at school and do it at the college level. So he could kind of be that leader to help all these other younger running backs. And, uh, you know, Lorenzo Lingard, he's not young, but he really hasn't had many carries so it, you know it's good to have that guy in there to to cheer on these running backs and uh Christopher Thomas returning to the defensive line where we needed bodies this big 66290 kid coming to Florida's roster after entering the portal here in June what's your general thoughts on that one man I'm excited because I feel like even before you know all the roster cuts or portals whatever at the end of June I was talking about this whole offseason I'm like man this this interior defensive line, like it, it, it's a cause for concern. There's not a ton of experienced depth there or proven depth. And it's like, we've got these guys where it's like, yeah, they're young. They could become this. We need people who could play now. And if Chris Thomas is that guy, then so be it. But bodies were needed on that defensive line where I thought we were going to go portal hunting, but instead just bringing back someone who, again, Billy Napier said, you know, he, he had these issues. We got them cleared out, but we're going to keep what the issues were in house, which is, fine by me that i i'm cool with it i don't need to know the details but i'm glad that thomas is back and here to 
play in a, and, and, and be able to help in a defensive line group that desperately needed some depth. Yeah, absolutely. That's good news to hear, especially missing on Daryl Jackson to Miami over there with through the transfer portal. Um, definitely going to need some bodies on this defensive line, and, and hopefully maybe they can even shore this up in this recruiting cycle as well because Dexter's going to be gone. Cox will be gone. You're going to need some guys there. So good to hear that Christopher Thomas is back here on campus. Jaden Hill, you know, unfortunately he just said he was, you know, rehabbing. So he won't be able to, I guess, make it through these kind of fall practices here. But it's good to see that, you know, a lot of the guys in his position are stepping up in, uh, in his absence. So, you know, take the time that you need to rehab, Jaden. Hopefully there's no major injuries. And uh, I'm really, you know, I'm actually kind of excited to see Jaden Hill when he finally gets rehabbed, comes back onto the four Gator football field. I, I, I talked to him, I think it was... The first game of the season last year, he was in crutches, I believe. And uh, he was just, I told him, I was like, man, get better, stick with it. And I mean, it's it's cool to see that he's actually stayed into the program. You know, a lot of those guys, they get hurt. They see that, oh, maybe my turn might be up. And they hit the transfer portal. No, Jaden Hill, he stayed. He's rehabbing. And, uh, you know, he believes in this coaching staff. What do you, what do you think about Jaden, man? I mean, I love him. I I will say that I'm a little concerned about what's going to happen when he comes back in terms of how he's going to work back onto the field and that this is a bit of an extended rehab. But once he gets on the field, like, we know he's good. That's the thing. We, we know how. Yeah. We know he's good. It's just going to cause an even larger, uh, I don't want to say logjam because I feel like logjam is a negative term, but it's just going to cause – a larger influx of talent at cornerback where I'm already very high on not just the talent, but the depth and the youth. Uh, so it's just adding more corners. And we know that last year we saw Jason Marshall Jr. and Avery Helm flip a lot when uh, when Kyrie Elam was healthy. They would often flip on the opposite side. Um, but I think we're going to see just entire cornerback platoon swaps here at certain points in the season. And that's great because I mean, Florida's got depth. You keep your guys fresh. You keep your guys healthy. And if you're confident in the talent, why not do it? Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Absolutely, man. And, and it was, as I said, you know, he's not going to be asked to be doing any double corner blitzes when he comes back. So that's always good news, right? So you're not going to give up a big touchdown to LSU in a game you weren't supposed to lose. So, yeah, man, just I, I hope he heals up. I hope he rehabs. And hopefully we may be able to see him some point in this season. Uh, hopefully, man, the team's doing so well that you you – you don't need to see him, but you will see him probably make it like, I don't even know, maybe get back out there refreshing, you know, coming off that rehab, that that leg. Maybe he comes in on a, a game that maybe we're blowing a team out like a, a USF or something and he comes out there, the second team or whatever, just uh, kind of warming back up to that game after that rehab. So good to see that Jaden Hill, he's, he's rehabbing really well. And uh, last but not least here from what Napier had to say, and I really, I'm a stickler for this too because we haven't seen special teams be special in a while. Uh, he did say that, you know, special teams is one of those positions he's kind of concerned about here, but how do you see special teams shaking out this year? I mean, you know, Fenley Graham, he's gone. DeMarcus Bowman, I, I, I heard that maybe he still maybe needs some time to – adjusted the game so I figured maybe they might stick him on special teams to see if maybe he can earn his way back up and a lot of these programs do but now he's out so who do you have right now to return kicks or who do you think might be that return specialist for us on punt and kick yeah I mean that that's the interesting question because like first of all I don't want it to be Xavier Henderson um I, I love yeah. him but I don't want 
be returning anything. Um, not just because he's a starting receiver, but he's just not that type of guy, at least to me. Uh, there's there's some speed in this room where we, we could see a number of guys, maybe one of the running backs where it's like, hey, you can only play so many running backs. So maybe just get the ball in their hands somewhere along the way. By that, uh, Lorenzo Lingard, I know, is someone who has worked at kick returner before. I was very upset that Fenley Graham didn't work out um, just with this team because I was so excited for him, especially when they said he's moving to receiver. I was like, oh, man, he could be Jamal Agnew. Like, he could be the <laughs> returner. He'd be a little bit. He could play receiver. He could do everything. Uh, and then, of course, it didn't work out. Maybe someone like I don't know, maybe someone like Marcus Burke who has speed, just get him on the field because I don't think he's going to rotate in a ton right now just based on how the receiver room is shaking out right now. I, I am a big fan of having your returner be someone who is not a major part of your offense just because, I mean, they're going to return a kick and then go right back on offense and start running routes and get gassed quicker, but also the injury concern is obviously there. So may, maybe someone from the running back room that's not going to play uh, – a ton maybe someone from the receiver room is not going to play a ton but i i need i need change that's what i'll say i i need impact from this special teams just a group in general all facets of it because it's something where yeah wasn't wasn't phenomenal last year and uh obviously i mean i think if you go out there and you call the special teams the game changers i think you have to put an added emphasis and you have to produce there uh so i'm, I'm hoping that this coaching staff can figure out exactly who is there? Because it's also not just who's your returner, but also who's going to be blocking for your returner. So figuring out who you can put on that field, however many tight ends you want to put. I think right now Florida's got seven of them, six healthy with Jonathan Odom out. Um, but ju just having them out there and ready, ready to block and ready to put in work and and kind of figure out what's the best combination of a team that you can get out there. Right. I want to see speed and elusiveness when somebody's returning a kick. I don't, the, 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 the last kick returner we had that was explosive, I believe, was Andre DeBose. Or no, it was uh, what was Antonio Callaway, I, I would say, too, was probably one of those guys. But he was actually a starting receiver as well. So I, I, I'm kind of with you on that one with the, the running backs, maybe maybe even a Trevor Etienne. We don't I mean, we don't know what exactly he can do uh, running a football yet. We've seen high school film. We haven't seen him at the college level or somebody that you said maybe might not be taking as many reps maybe a young guy or something like that but as i said xavier henderson's more of a speed guy he's not like an elusive take a hit kind of guy that's why he's a wide receiver uh you know let him do his job at wide receiver put somebody else out there that that's more i guess inclined to return a kick or something like that so i'll, I'll be curious to see who they stick back there we have we have no idea nobody's really told me anything anybody that i've asked they said i don't know so we'll just have to see the first game in utah or if we find out anything from fall camp or anything like that but man your, your overall takeaways man i mean it's been a busy week in florida gator media as i said it was like two to three hours worth of pressers this week and uh just a bunch of player interviews fall camps finally you know phase six ramping up here your overall takeaways man what are you thinking right now what's what's your general mindset discipline <laughs> that's all that's all i'm hearing from this whole uh impropriety Yes, and it's just that, that's what I'm hearing from this this coaching staff, the players, everyone's like discipline, you know, building that relationship is uh I forgot who said the quote, but Billy Napier like repeated it. Um and he's like war is not about hating the person in front of you. 
it's about loving the people behind you. And that's why he mixes up the locker room and he wants people to kind of get to know each other and fight for each other harder. And it's just something where I, as a Gators fan, I have never seen the attention to dis- to detail that we're seeing here or the attention to discipline that we're seeing here. And it's just, it's incredible to just watch the the night and day change from last year to this year. Every player that I've spoken to has had nothing but fantastic things to say, not only about this staff, but comparing them to the last staff. And I, it's just, it's a new day in Gainesville and it's a fantastic day. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I'm pumped, man. And as Steve Spurrier always says, man, it's talking season right now, you know, with SEC media days, fall camp. So I like what I'm hearing, but we got to see it the first game of the season. But I've got so much confidence in this coaching staff and the way that the players have been talking about them and how they love it. And there's just a new energy in the team. There's a new vibe. And, you know, when you saw this Florida Gator football team at the beginning of the season, I mean, the defense playing pretty good. Not going to lie. They, were, they weren't playing, you know, the best, but they were playing pretty good. I mean, you hold Alabama there to 31 points with a lot of turnovers that probably should have never happened. You shut them out pretty much the rest of the game, was able to run the ball down their throat and make that game a lot closer game. But then you just saw the energy die off of the team after the Kentucky game. And, you know, when a team plays with a different energy and a, and a different passion for football, you get a different football team. And, uh, you know, with Anthony Richardson, from what we saw, the flashes from last year, the LSU game, didn't really have a great game against Georgia. But, you know, when Georgia pumps out five first-round draft picks that are all on defense and some other defensive guys in the NFL, not many quarterbacks were having good success against them, except for that one Alabama quarterback. So, you know, it's cool to see that there's a new energy, a new vibe, a new quarterback, a, a new team, it seems like, and some good additions from Louisiana Lafayette in that transfer portal. So we'll see how this all shakes out here the first game of the season against Utah. And Brandon, man, thank you for joining me on Getting Swapped. And I, and I have to mention before we leave that you have a special co-host joining you for the season on the Locked On Gators Network. Go ahead and tell us about it, man. Yeah, uh, so... One day a week, you will see Locked On Gators, hosted by me, and Hayden Hansen, the Florida Gators freshman tight end. I mean, he was here a couple weeks ago. I had him on Locked On Gators, and you could tell this kid used to play quarterback just by the way he answered every question. Um, and I'm excited to have him on. We're going to have him at least 15 times, um, maybe more if there's postseason hopes and postseason bids for Florida. Uh, but it, it's it's something I'm incredibly excited for. Like, I loved interviewing him, and I, I love being able to kind of lock this in. We'll have him on about halfway through camp. He'll he'll be in to talk about how camp has gone and what they're going to do for the remainder. But it, it's something that I'm incredibly excited for. Like, Hayden Hansen also is someone that, just watching his tape, it's like he started playing tight end, uh, I think, three games into his junior season. So it's like, He's just got an insane ceiling, and you see those guys that go from QB to tight end. They're never good blockers, but that that's what he is. He, he is a blocking type. So uh, I'm excited to have him on and be able to kind of have an ear in that locker room on the show. Yeah, that's huge, man. I remember uh, DMing you when that happened. I retweeted it, and I said, wow, that's a huge guest you got for the whole season, man. So definitely, guys, if you if you haven't checked on the Locked On Gators podcast or YouTube, go there, check them out. They're on YouTube. Do you guys got, like, an audio version as well, or is it just all basically YouTube for the moment? Yeah, it's on audio, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Locked On set it up where it's pretty much 
every audio platform you can catch Locked On Gators. Locked On Gators, Brandon Olson, check him out, man. Great co-host he has coming up here, and you do a fantastic job over there, Brandon. Uh, I know we talk a lot in DMs, and it's finally I was able to get you on the show, man. I've had a jam-packed schedule of guys lined up here. Finally, I, I messaged Brandon. I said, come on, man, we got to do this. So it was good to break down fall camp, get your thoughts on everything, and man, uh, good luck to you there. And guys, if you haven't checked it out, Locked On Gators YouTube Every platform that there is out there, as far as, far as podcasting goes, Brandon does a fantastic, excellent job. And I got a lot of respect for you, man. And thank you for joining me on Getting Swapped, man. First, thank you, Dave. And you'll be on Lockdown Gator shortly. I get the feel. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to do it, man. Sign me up whenever you want it. Uh, hey, I'll be right there. All right, folks, that was Brandon Olson from the Locked On Gators podcast. And as I said, we talk a lot in DMs. And one of the things we talk about is playing pick'ems because we love to do that kind of stuff. And hey, you don't have to be Floyd Mayweather to know that you like money, right? Who doesn't like money? So your boy David Soderquist can help you out with that right now. Join Prize Picks with promo code SWAMP to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, esports, and more. Shoot, I just took the under on sacks given up by Osiris Torrance this year as a Florida Gator just like that. I mean, this guy hasn't given up a sack in his whole career in 2,600 snaps. It was just that easy. I chose the player. I made the pick in less than 60 seconds. So if you're like me and you cannot wait for the football season and put a little bit of money in your pocket as well... Join Prize Picks right now with promo code SWAMP to get a dollar for dollar match up to $100. PrizePicks.com. Daily Fantasy Simplified. Ready, set. You're listening to Getting Swamped with David Soderquist. All right, folks, phase six training camp is underway at the University of Florida. And we have been blessed by the football gods here once again with some college football to finally talk about, at least practice wise. And speaking of being blessed by the football gods, the next guy I have up on getting swamped is a guy I deemed as a complete baller of a quarterback in high school. 2025 quarterback recruit Colin Hurley will join me on the second part of getting swamped coming up need a sign for your company your man cave your live stream or podcast give my guy brandon white a shout out at white and sons wood carving he has the best handcrafted signs nationally all custom fit for your needs with state-of-the-art paint and epoxy you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom leds as a package as well give him a shout out on twitter at ws wood carving you can also follow him on twitch and check out his Facebook page at White and Sons Wood Carving. Top of the line signs made from scratch. College programs must be competitive in name, image, and likeness. It impacts current athletes and affects the decisions of recruits. And Gator fans can put Florida at the forefront of NIL. The Gator Collective is leading the charge, uniting fans and student athletes like never before. Commit for exclusive content, interactions, and events which bring you closer than ever to your favorite players. Also, by joining the Gator Collective, you're empowering these student-athletes to build relationships and develop skills that go far beyond just making money. You're providing an avenue for these Gators to excel in life. NIL will change the landscape of college sports if we can't be left behind. Gator Nation, do your part by joining the Gator Collective today at www.thegatorcollective.com. 
You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast with your host, David Soderquist, your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. All right, folks, joining me on Getting Swamped is one of my favorite recruits right now of all the recruiting classes. And and by the way, I mean all the recruiting classes, but this guy is a complete baller. And I emphasize the word baller in the 2025 class. Quarterback Colin Hurley from Trinity Christian Academy. Colin, how are you doing today, my man? Uh, hey, sir, I'm doing great. Um, you know, I just finished a great practice. How are you doing? Good, man. Uh, just hanging in there, you know, uh, the, the hot weather and the humid weather down here. Uh, I live up here in Woodstock, Georgia, but I'm pretty sure in Florida, it's it's pretty uh, hectic down there as well. Yes, yeah, so no, it's definitely hot. I can feel it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, Colin, uh, you obviously you play at Trinity Christian Academy, who's no stranger to pumping out talent here in the state of Florida. Uh, and you're going into your sophomore season here, 2,146 passing yards 24 touchdowns last year, your freshman season. And I, and I will say, man, that, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, now, y- you recently, you've had a slew of offers come your way from Alabama, Texas A&M, and, and from another school, which this show covers, the University of Florida. What's that like to receive some of these offers from these big-time SEC and non-SEC schools just coming into your sophomore year of high school? Um, no, it definitely means a lot to me. Um, that these coaches are willing to take the chance on me and see uh, see my talents. Um, I'm grateful to all the coaches that have offered me. Um, but about this re-offer from Florida and uh, getting offered by this new staff means a lot to me. Um, obviously, I was the number one target for the previous staff, so it was definitely important um, to get in front of this new staff and you know, to meet them and show why I'm a, I'm a top QB in the country. Um, and I really feel like I did that this uh, at uh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I, I feel like you did too, man. I remember, I think it was about a year ago, you sent me your film just randomly uh, through a DM. And I remember looking at that film and I said, oh my God. I said, this kid is good. <laughs> like, I, I, I could, <laughs> yes, it was. Sir. It was it was probably the top three films I've been sent by a high school player, and I was like, "Holy crap, this kid is a baller!" And I, I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, man, I, I'm glad the new staff reoffered you here, and I know the old staff did. We'll get into a little bit of that uh, right now, though. Uh, Trinity Christian has one of your guys over there, Treyon Webb. What's Treyon Webb like as a teammate? Um, you know, he's he's just a great person. Um, no, I really enjoy being Treyon's teammate. I really feel like he's going to do very good at Florida. Um, you know, he's a leader. Uh, he's, he's overall just a very great friend to me. Yeah, he seems like a really cool laid back. He, yeah, he's actually a little funny, too. He's been in some of these Twitter spaces out here on Twitter, so I've been hearing him talk to uh, just some random Florida fans on a Twitter space. And seems like a well-rounded kid, uh, really out there recruiting for the University of Florida for us, too. And, uh, yeah, just, man funny overall and as you said you were you know offered by the last staff early they jumped on you early there uh from the university of florida you know in comes billy napier there's a coaching change and as you said you hope to get that re-offer finally you get the re-offer here at friday night lights and i know you said you were excited getting that re-offer can you elaborate just a little bit more and tell us what it was finally like to get to talk to billy napier as well 
Well, like I said, no, it, it really means a lot to me because I only live 67 miles from Florida. Um, and Florida is definitely a top school of mine in a, in a small group for me. Um, you know, Coach Napier and Coach, uh, Coach O'Hara were, you know, they were both great. Um, they're both football nerds, as I am, too. Um, you know, we, we spoke about a lot of things. Um, you know, we spoke about the culture, um, you know, character, uh, academics there at the school, um, you know, how they coach their players, how they see me fit into their offense. Um, you know, that's what I, I, I really thought that they were just great to talk to. Um, no, they they really loved my size. They compared me to Anthony Richardson a lot, um, which I'm actually very close friends with. Yeah. Um, no, yes, sir. And uh, no, they really see me fitting into that offense. Yeah, that's uh, I I would say I, I remember as just looking at your film and, and being impressed with that. Uh, I, you know, looking at your stature. I mean, you're already six one, two ten, and you're only a sophomore in high school, which I thought was really impressive as well. And looking at it, yeah, uh, looking at the huddle website. Now, I don't know how accurate these are because you know kids get older, they get faster, they get stronger. Uh, running about a 4.75 40-yard dash here. Uh, I don't know if these are accurate, like I said, but, man, just seeing that and then looking at the film, I was just like, man, I'm glad Florida jumped on this guy early, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that the new staff has reoffered you there and you've been able to get a relationship there kind of with the new staff and Billy Napier there. And you attended Friday Night Lights uh, here just this past weekend. And uh, nothing specific here, man. What was Friday Night Lights like? How was the atmosphere around there? Um, no, it was definitely a great time. You know, I love competing, and I really feel like I made a great impression on the staff. Um, you know, I left with the offer from Florida, so that's what's most important. But um, you know, I really enjoyed the atmosphere. I love being on that field. Um, you know, I've attended a couple Florida games. You now the Florida fans are amazing. Um, you know, there's nothing like it. Um, so, you know, Florida is definitely a top school of mine. Yeah, I'll, I'll say the atmosphere at the University of Florida, especially, it doesn't even really have to be a big game. Uh, even if it's a, a, a game against maybe a D2 school or something like that, it really does get packed in there. You can really feel the energy in there. And uh, I remember being, I wasn't down there and I wanted to go to the Alabama game last year, but I heard that place was, was lights out. It was on fire. So yes, sir. Yeah, no, I was at that game and uh, no, it was definitely, I felt the energy. Um, no, the fans are amazing there. Yeah, absolutely. Man. And I'm glad you had a good time down there too. I'm glad you were able to attend that game. It was a good game. Even, even though we weren't on the, the, the winning side of the football game, that was a really down to the wire good game there. And uh, I could imagine what it was like seeing it in person. So Glad you were able to get down there and uh, watch them play against one of the number one teams out there in college football right now. Um, you know, you finally get to campus there on Friday Night Lights. You see Billy Napier, and you talked about meeting him and meeting Napier for the first time. He's a very straightforward, uh, doesn't beat around the bush a lot, it's really honest. Uh, he can be a fun guy as well. Um Billy Napier, some of the other coaches, what was those conversations like? I know you said that they talked about, you know, football and the campus and, and the future there. Uh, can you go a little bit more into detail or is it just something you kind of just want to keep to yourself? Um, yeah, no, I can, I can definitely go into more detail. Um, you know, Coach Napier is definitely knowledgeable. Um, he knows what he's talking about. Um, 
I really think he was impressed with some of the training I do back uh, up here in Jacksonville at Torque Sports Performance. Um, you know, we talk we talk mostly about football. Um, the, the play calling that they do there is quite similar to the stuff I do at my school. Um, you know, we talk about defensive fronts, coverages, arm care, um, you know, the art of throwing. Um, and they, they looked at my film and showed me how – how I fit into their system. Yeah. Did you, uh, I, I noticed that there's drills that uh, a lot of those kids went through usually on a Friday night lights. They only like let a kid have a throw or two back there in the past. But I think that, uh, the coaching staff, didn't they let you guys have more than a couple more throws? Oh uh, yes. Yeah, so no, we definitely, we definitely did. Um, now they're intensely watching me from, uh, from the back, um, watching how I'm throwing. So, uh, it was definitely a great time out there. I really enjoyed, um, you know, training and working with Coach Napier and O'Hara. Did they give you any kind of advice while they were watching you? Maybe something to kind of improve your game? Um, no, they, they tell me that I can never be perfect. Um, not just to keep on working at everything I do. Um, uh, they were just really impressed about what I can do. Um, they, they just, told me keep on getting better every day yeah absolutely like i said you're you're fantastic up and comer here uh did you see anybody else down here in high school wise that you may know uh, on campus there friday night lights uh, i know marcus stokes is there i'm i'm pretty close i'm close friends with him um i know sharif denson was there um both florida commits i'm pretty close with them uh, i was really just talking with marcus yeah, what did he have to say? What did the, some of those guys have to say? Um, no, they told me that Coach Napier is just a really great coach to play for, um, and that's why they committed there. Um, they really feel like he's bringing the program back to where it used to be. Um, I, I feel the same way. I, I feel like he's building the program back right, um, you know, from inside out, uh, building a building culture there. Um, so I really feel like they're building something back in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as a fan, I mean, just as a, a, an analyst, a fan, whatever you want to call me, just looking at the presser, seeing what I see out there on videos, going to the Atlanta Gator gathering that was here that he hosted, you, you see it, like you feel it. It's not something you can, you, like somebody just goes up there on stage and just starts talking. You can actually feel what Billy Napier is talking about. So he's a really genuine guy, which is something, and, and to me, to be honest, and it's not to, to discredit some of the head coaches of the past, but I mean, it's, you can really feel it from Napier more than you could have any other. So I, I totally agree with you there. And speaking of building, did you get a chance to look at the new facility while you're down there? Yes, yeah, so I did. No, it definitely looks great. Um, and uh, they're still building it. And it looks amazing right now. And I can't wait for it to be finished and uh and for to go on another visit there and i really can't wait yeah i think it's supposed to open up here the 13th or 14th of august so it's pretty soon i mean it's about like 10 days or so that that new facility opens i know all the uh the other athletes that i've interviewed at the university of florida they're pretty excited for that thing to open um but yeah man as i said at the beginning i've i, I mean, i've watched your film and i think the biggest thing that jumps off to me when i did watch your film 
is your ability to progress through your reads and, and find the open guy very quickly. That that makes for a really good quarterback at the next level. And that those type of characteristics are really hard to find in a quarterback. Um, what would you say that you would like to improve on this coming season? Um, no, I really want to improve on all parts of my game. You no, know, getting bigger, faster, stronger. Um, you know, really working on understanding the game more because you can never stop learning. Um, I'm I'm really focused on that. Focused on getting another state championship with my team. Um, you know, and just getting better every day, whatever I do. Absolutely. What's that like winning that state championship, man? Um, you know, it's it's a definitely a great experience. Um, our, our head coach Verlin Dormany, um, he has nine of those. Um, but it, it, it's, it's honestly just a great experience, a uh, great feeling winning a state championship, knowing how hard you had to work all season. Yeah, man. And you seem like you're really focused on your schoolwork, football. I noticed your GPA was really high, which is, is really good. I mean, yeah, just for a, a kid that's your age and doing what you're doing right now is a lot, man. And, and I have nothing but respect for that. And at the same time, it's just amazing, and especially, like I said, when I looked at your film, man, it jumped out to me. And I was just like, well, let, you know, let me get through a season here and then see if he wants to come on and do an interview on this podcast, because I knew I was going to start this one up here soon. So I do appreciate you coming on and talking to me and good luck in your sophomore season. You know, I believe your first opponent is Ed White, the commanders, correct? Yes, sir. Well, I, I hope you have a fantastic sophomore season. Hopefully you can lead Trinity Christian to another state championship, and possibly maybe even a high school national championship. How about that? Yes, I know. That'll be great. No, that's the standard here at Trinity. So that means a lot. Um, but uh, thank you for having me on your show. It means a lot to me, sir. Yeah, definitely, man. Anytime I can get you back on here, maybe we can talk a little bit after your sophomore season, get you back on here, and uh, we'll talk about that. Definitely, sir. Sounds great to me. All right, Colin, thank you for coming on my podcast. As I said, bright kid, very athletic, and as I said, a baller at the next level at quarterback. So, Colin, thank you for joining me on Getting Swamped. Yes, sir. All right, that was elite quarterback prospect Colin Hurley. And if you've not checked out his highlights yet, I mean, it is a complete must-see. I mean, this kid is only a sophomore. In his freshman season, he just balled out, man, with the running back Florida commit, Trayon Webb. So Florida, although offered early and then re-offered, they're going to have some competition as big-time SEC schools are starting to offer Colin as well. And I'm sure Colin will have a complete 130-page booklet of offers as he enters his sophomore, junior, senior years of high school. So a guy Florida fans should be on the lookout for in the 2025 recruiting cycle. But folks, that will do it for this episode of Getting Swamped. And I want to give a shout out to the listeners, the past two podcasts for record-breaking downloaded podcasts. So I have to go ahead and give a special shout out to you guys. You make this podcast what it is. And I do appreciate all the support and all the good comments, DMs, all that stuff that you guys give me. So folks, that will do it for this episode of Getting Swamped, your latest in football statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to get in swamp.